there's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CHAMPION200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What's up, y'all? This Shaquille Bird, Super Bowl 50 and 55 champ. I want to let y'all know y'all listen to one of the best sports shows out there right now. And thanks for tuning in to the Rough Cut Sports Cast. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Rough Cut Sports Cast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by your boy, a this guy yeah yeah this guy right there right there a j yeah oh yeah the best one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite people in the whole entire world honestly really one of my favorite people in the whole entire world a j johnson it is a beautiful july 14th evening game four is about to begin in about 25 less than less than 15 minutes i should say less than 15 minutes game four is going to tip off between the suns and the bucks we're all excited for it i know you sir have been dying for this moment because the past few weeks have been really focused on hockey the stanley cup finals really took over because it was it was it was it was it was building it was building and building and we finally had our moment that's a minus but now it is pretty pretty much solely on the NBA finals because baseball, we have a show for that. We have a specific show for baseball and that's what Tuesdays at eight 30 PM yeah. Eastern time on Facebook, yeah. YouTube and the Twitter sphere. But tonight is all about basketball. AJ, we're talking <clears throat> USA basketball. We're talking sons, bucks. We're talking trade rumors. We have a loaded loaded show. How are you doing today? Uh, you are on mute, sir. You are on mute. That is another minus. Oh, my. Oh, my. All right. So now I can't even lie to you and say I'm doing good. Apparently, it's just, <laughs> everything's just breaking down right in my way. You know, it, it's it's amazing and it's uncanny how Wednesday after Wednesday, no matter how prepared we are, something right before showtime goes wrong yep. and technical difficulties yep. come to a max. Yep. How is it? How is it that I'm not muted? And I get a notification on my phone that is always silent, not to mention my roommate sent me that notification, knowing I'm live. <laughs> hey, don't you dare. Don't you dare disrespect Stewie like that, okay? I would don't never you disrespect dare. Stewie like that. 
I wouldn't. It's not like I'm saying it behind his back. He can hear me. <laughs> and then, so, and then clearly I get caught on that. But then I go to speak and all of a sudden I'm muted. I just, I don't, you know, it's cool, but it's okay because I'm here on the rough cut and it makes all the problems go away. And also, you know, pretty soon I have to be happy now because in about three minutes, I'll be sad again because I'll be issuing an apology. An apology. Yes, sir. An apology. An apology. And that is what you'll do. And, and honestly, right. let's let, let's not <laughs> let's not even beat around the bush here. Let's let's not even beat around the bush. It, we have a spec. What? What it, it, do we? I mean, we can't we can beat around the bush. No, 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 to- no. We're going to kind of we're going to travel back in time. OK, that's what we're going to do. We're going to hop in that rough cut time machine that we have kind of coined at this point. Hopping in that rough cut time machine and traveling back to the week that was sports and AJ's fast five. Here we go. The home run derby was on Monday night and Mr. Repeat Alonzo does it again. 34 homers in the first round takes home the championship. And then on all-star night, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. becomes the youngest MVP in all-star game history. This was a cool moment, talking to Tatis about their friendship. He goes yard just to thank him for all the kind words that he had to say. Give it up to Vlad Guerrero. He deserved it. A hell of an all-star game for him. Then, Team USA Basketball, they did it. They were tired of all the talk. Everyone coming at them. They said, let us remind you, we are the best players of the game basketball in the entire world. And they put together a route, 108 to 80 against Argentina. Ben Simmons. Ooh, the NBA offseason is fast approaching. And if Ben Simmons would do stuff like this in his basketball games, maybe they wouldn't be talking about trading him tomorrow if they could. But he has yet to show that he can make threes with this consistency. And just in case you thought I was lying, it is Ben Simmons. Look, watch his face. It's Ben Simmons. Oh, my God. Hey, guess what, though? Let's call him back. Let's bring it home. A thousand followers on Facebook. Thank you all so very much. We highly appreciate it. And then Saturday, UFC 264, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. Oh, boy, McGregor got touched up a little bit. And he got touched up a little bit. My boy Dante was right. He do got chicken legs. He said Poirier would be on a stretcher. That's not what happened, though. This is what happened. McGregor got put on the stretcher. And after I put on for this man, I was like this right here. I see pride. Can I hear you? I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. Once again. I had the conviction, man. I said that McGregor was going to be here. He was coming out the cage. The darkness was coming back. He was looking himself in the mirror. I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no. He's Buster Douglas. He was ready. He was ready for all that smoke. And then to get in the ring. To get in the ring, it was actually, you know what? I'm glad we're going to have a fourth because you really can't say. We know what the first round looked like, but it's a five-round championship match for a reason. But to snap your leg on a kick and then you can't even step on it and to break your foot and you go out on the stretcher, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a little teary-eyed. You should be. Because I didn't want to have to do this. I said on the show Saturday, that Conor McGregor would knock out Dustin Poirier in the second round. Now, I was robbed of that, but either way, I was wrong. So as a man I am, I stand here today, and I say I apologize, Dustin Diamond Poirier. I apologize, Dante MMA Austin. I was wrong. 
when we do our show for uh, McGregor and Poirier 4, we'll see if I'm wrong that night. But for well, now, I apologize. There it is. What a what a pro. What a man that is. What a what a man to come out here on live television. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. <laughs> what a great that was a good reference. Great, great reference. Great fast five. I'm happy that you had the apology. I mean, I was I I, I know I don't want to talk too much about this UFC fight now the, the UFC fight and and the pay-per-view that was, but I was pretty hyped all night long. And and sadly enough, not even sadly enough, my favorite part of that UFC fight night was Steven Wonderboy Thompson coming out to Wonderboy by Tenacious D. Like that was literally my favorite part of the night. But also, also Greg Hardy getting knocked out pretty quickly. Like, uh, like you guys said on the show, that was going to be a thing. Uh, my upset didn't happen. That was a weirdest knockout. That was a weirdest my upset, knockout. My upset didn't happen, which I'm a little upset about, but. <laughs> yeah, you know, sorry. Man, and, and not only did your upset not happen, that man took 200 plus shots to the face. Herb yep. Dean, and I understand they said he could have stopped it at any point in time. He 27 yep. seconds left. Yeah. Let this man finish his first UFC fight. Any damage had already been yep. done. I'm yep. sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, I, that's what I was like. I was like, God damn, come on, man. And, uh, and, and then again, Conor McGregor, literally busted ankle and all. Dustin Poirier is walking out of the ring and he's like, your wife is in my DMS, like literally (laughs) yelling at him from the ground, crippled and just unbelievable. It was great. We're going to have a lot more MMA shows, UFC shows on Saturday mornings, uh, covering all good MMA stuff. Dante's fantastic at it. He pretty much called the entire card. In my opinion, if I remember correctly, he pretty much called the entire card. Exactly. He's the, he's the best in the business. We, we don't use that term lightly here. He is the best in the business, but I there was something hurt. else. There was something else in your fast five that I wanted to bring up. It's these trade rumors. It, it is mm. these trade rumors. And one of the rumors that came out today that I saw was in the NFL world, Xavier Howard's on the block and possibly getting traded, which is huge. But the other, th- yeah, exactly. He hasn't shown up to camp. That's a whole different thing. NFL talks to be fantastic, but the other big time trade rumor that's out there that has been made public now is Ben Simmons is on the block and the Philadelphia 76ers are are now fielding calls on their all-star Ben Simmons and AJ before I before I get your full thoughts on the Ben Simmons trade itself and the possibility of a Ben Simmons trade there's something that I brought up to you in our group chat I was listening to the NBA Sirius XM radio show and they brought up a potential trade with the Golden State Warriors for your boy. What's his name? Oh my God. Oh my God. What's I, his name? I just forgot his name. You can Hold do on. this. You can do Hold this. Hold on. Hold on. Oh my God. Oh you my God. This. What's his what's his he's name? Tall. He's yeah, he's everyone's tall, tall in lanky. the NBA. He's lanky. Uh, you know. Once upon a time, he, if you if you're biblical at all, you know there was three certain type of men that uh, came and and told about the baby Jesus. James Wiseman. James Wiseman. James, James Wiseman. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, so no, sorry, I just botched that big time. But no, NBA Sirius XM came out and talked about a a a, a, a mock trade of sending Ben Simmons to the Golden State Warriors for a package that included James Wiseman and a couple first round picks. This got your blood boiling. And I wanted to I wanted to dive into this 
because these rumors are out there. James Wiseman rumors are out there saying that Golden State might package him into a deal that, that brings in more talent to win now. What are your thoughts on the Warriors making James Wiseman available for Ben Simmons? And then what are your thoughts on Ben Simmons? Well, at first I was hating it, but seeing as a fact that you don't even know his name, maybe I'm over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's your boy. I knew I, I dude, I've been, I've been thinking about this question all day. Here's the deal. First and foremost, basically any team out there is going to be mentioned in a Ben Simmons trade. People are tripping thinking that this man's trade value is super low because he had a bad series. Let's not forget, Ben Simmons is a three-time All-Star, a defensive player of the year. He, he was a runner-up this year to Rudy Gobert's fantastic year. He is still 24 years old. He is an immense talent who has to get over a hump right now. That's first and foremost. Just about any team would be lucky to have him. With the James Wiseman thing, I do not understand where these rumors are coming from. You first and foremost, if you go back two years, once KD left, the problem that the Warriors had was they had no size down low. There was no big man. Kevin Looney couldn't stay, couldn't stay healthy. He wasn't as athletic. And after him, there was no depth whatsoever. You had the number two pick. And I'll tell you right now, you heard me say that James Wiseman could have been the number one overall pick. I don't understand why people think because of last season where he was injured, where he's coming off of a season where he played three games in college and they had no summer league, no training camp, nothing of the sort that all of a sudden they made a mistake drafting James Wiseman and he needs to be traded. Absolutely not. He's a number two overall pick and he's had half of a year under his belt. No, I'll say this and I'll let you speak real quick. I'm not saying he can't be traded because for the right price, just about anybody is available. I understand that. You know, I do understand that. But I, I don't I don't see what the package is that would get rid of that type of death at that position for the Golden State Warriors and it be help, helpful. So it, to, to kind of maybe simplify this for for someone like myself, who's not that obviously in tune. Is this similar to like uh, like. NFL fans thinking that Tua Tungavailoa is going to get traded like after one season, after ha basically half of a season where he didn't have a full training camp and now he didn't get like, he's not fully developed and the trade rumors are out there. Trade Tua for Deshaun Watson. Is that a similar, like, could you say it's a similar uh, comparison? In a way. I mean, in the thought process of it being a young star who just came into the league and everyone's hyped on him and they're just ready to jump, jump ship automatically. Uh, you know, we, Aaron talks about this a lot, overreacting. But he only talks about how we, we praise these young kids for what they're doing. I'm talking about on the way of being too quick to write them off. He hasn't even played a full season in the NBA. He played three games in college. One of the words I used with him and LaMelo Ball coming into last year's draft was that it's raw talent. You can see the potential. You can see the upside. You know these guys are going to be good. But it's raw talent. They have to be developed. If you look around this Golden State Warriors uh, organization and last season by happenstance the the way I was watching NBA games I ended up watching a lot of Warriors basketball and a lot of Warriors behind the scenes those late Steph night sessions yeah exactly exactly Steph Curry Draymond Green Steve Kerr Bob Myers the general manager Joe Lacob the owner all have nothing but ridiculously good things to say about this guy they love running the floor with him they love how hard he plays when he's on the court he just needs time now with it coming, here, here's an interesting one for me. With it coming to Ben Simmons and possibly going to the Golden State Warriors, it's not out of the question. But here's a fun one. 
Chris Boussard said this one, and I thought it was dumb when I read the title, but listening to it, talk to it, I could see it making some sense and, make, and being the reason why. So what was the big thing he said about Ben Simmons this season? What was the problem we were pointing to with Ben Simmons? His shooting. It was his mental. Well, oh, yes, yeah. Well, because yeah, of his yeah, mental, yeah. right? Because yeah, his mentality yep. wasn't there. He was getting in his head. Yep. What if you took Ben Simmons and, let's say, Seth Curry, you know, just a, a shooter, you know, and you sent yep. him over to the Golden State Warriors for the seventh overall pick, maybe another pick or, or, or Damian Lee and Draymond Green. You have essentially the same player in Draymond Green and Ben Simmons swapping places. The difference is in Philly, you need a guy like that who has a mentality, who's a veteran, who's a proven leader. And if you look, he's kind of the same stat guy as Ben Simmons. No, he's not going to come out and drop 20, 25. He's going to have those five, seven-point games. But the difference is he's not afraid to score if he needs to. He can still push the ball and run your offense. Draymond Green was averaging double-digit assists near the end of the, the last month of the NBA season. So you get Ben Simmons over there. You have a younger type of player who needs that type of uh, that type of mentality, that type of culture around him. Look what the Golden State Warriors did for, for Andrew Wiggins. His game has risen immensely since he's gotten there. So having him next to Steph Curry, a shooter, uh, 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 Clay Thompson, a shooter, if you can get Seth Curry over there as well, now you got Splash Brothers, Real Brothers in, a shooter. <laughs> it's 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 it, it's weird on its surface, but it's not the craziest thing I've heard all day. So, so I, I I think that'd be a fun trade to explore, and I think it could work for both teams if your heart's set on getting him to the Warriors, which I think is crazy. Aaron doesn't like. I don't it. think it's Aaron, Aaron doesn't I don't think like it's terrible it. for Philly at all. But let me. I want to. I want to kind of put a bow on this by diving into it a little bit deeper on the Ben Simmons side. Is it a bad move to be trading Ben Simmons? Like Ben Simmons is an all-star. He's a good player. He had a mental, he has some mental problems in the, in the playoffs where he was having his struggles. He was beating himself more times than not. And with the, I've seen the reports out there. Like I've even seen the absurd things of Ben Simmons and some, and, and some players and picks for Damian Lillard, bringing him I to the six. I, I don't understand that. that, but like on the Ben Simmons side, is this a good idea? For the Sixers, you know, at first I didn't think so. I thought, you know, let him get in the gym and and work on his game. And as I looked more into it, as it as this trade conversation became more and more of a reality, I think it is a good idea for Ben Simmons and for the Philadelphia 76ers. And part of the reason why is because Ben Simmons is 24 years old. He's been in the NBA for five years now. He was supposed to be working on his game last year. He was supposed to be working on his game the year before. That's all you heard in the offseason. He was working on his game. And if you look at his stats, it hasn't changed. He went from 8.9 assists to 9.1 assists to 7.8 assists. He's been stagnant, even from his free, from his field goal percentage to his assist numbers to his, his defensive numbers. He's been here, you know, right in this area. He hasn't done this. He hasn't jumped. And now if it's in his head, Philadelphia isn't the place for that because they're not going to be soft anymore. Sure, it's okay that, you know, your first year you were hurt. Your second year, you weren't quite there. But your third year, we're like, hey, where's that Where's that development? Your fourth year, we thought you had it, and then Kawhi, Kawhi broke your heart. Now you're sitting – your third year, Kawhi broke your heart. Fourth year, he was hurt. Fifth year, you're looking at it, and you're like, yo, what have you done? Why has your game not progressed? It, it's okay to think about it in a way like, we just need you to work on your game and we make another run at this. But there was two very telling signs. One, it's a very big deal 
to have a new start and maybe get a new culture and maybe try to begin again. But also, when Doc Rivers was asked, can you win a championship with Ben Simmons as your point guard? And his answer, not even vetted, literally just came out of his heart. You know, I don't know the answer to that question. That's what he said right away. It wasn't a hesitation. Even when they asked Ben Simmons what he thought was wrong with their game, he hesitated to blame Ben Simmons. He had to find a way to say it. Doc Rivers, it was word vomit. I don't know the answer to that question about winning a championship with Ben Simmons. So everyone talks about the process, you know, the losing and the drafting and getting these players. Well, there's more to the process than just drafting. What if the end of the process is having to trade one of these players for a big-name talent and maybe some extra pieces? I think I think a new start for both sides is a good idea. A fresh start. I like that. Fr- yeah. I, and I, I think something that you've, you've talked about that you brought up was – Everyone is in on Ben Simmons basically at this point. Like I've seen trade rumors, like the magic I've seen trade rumors for like the warrior. He is, he is. And and I think a fresh start will be good for him. And you know, there could be fans, there there could be fans out there that are watching our show that might need a fresh start. That might Mm -hmm. need a a, a refresher on what our social handles are. So AJ hit him with it. All right, I'm going to slap him in the face with that Twitter. Go ahead to Rough Cuts underscore sports. Hit that follow. Head over to the Facebook and hit the Rough Cut Sports. And then on the IG at the Rough Cut Sportscast. You know we do it big at the YouTube. Rough Cut Sportscast. Hit that subscribe. Hit that bell. You know the deal. Tell everybody. Anybody. All of them. All, All of them. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Don't Tell know why that happened. It just happened. Sometimes uh, I talk I, and I just go the rest of the way. You know, I'm just going to do it. I, that's hey, I, I had no problems with it. I had no problems with it. Right. I appreciate it. I like the, I like the, uh, the, the, the flair. The I like spice, the theatrics. The I like the, yeah, yeah. It, it's different. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I appreciate I like it. it. <laughs> and of course, AJ, you brought this up at the beginning of the show. We did hit 1000 followers on Facebook. We do appreciate that so, so much. I don't have to get super close to the screen anymore to promote that, but I do have to get super close to the screen to promote our YouTube. <laughs> Our YouTube is a big deal, fans, and we want you beautiful people to support us on YouTube. Our push now is for 200 followers or 200 subscribers on YouTube. AJ and I were talking before. Actually, I think you even said it on the show. We were late, obviously, coming on to the show. We were late because there's a lot of stuff to do. I don't get off work till 630. AJ is a busy man as well. And it's hard to produce the show as, as much as we want. And to do the all the things we want to do for the show in a two-hour span. So if you guys help us get to 200 subscribers on YouTube, that pushes us to the next level to where maybe we don't work as much. Maybe we put more time and get more time for the show. So please help us get to 200 subscribers. Go on YouTube right now. Smash that subscribe button. And uh, yeah, just watch us on YouTube. That's that's the place to be. Uh, come September, come football season, YouTube really is going to be the hot spot. You're not going to want to miss yes, it. Sir. You're not going to want to miss it. Yes, but you know what? I, I, this, is, uh, this is two for two on, on uh, segues that Gus would hate. You know what's not hot though? What might be getting hot? The USA basketball team. You and I are going to talk about the you and I are going to talk about the game four with the Suns and the Bucks as our main event tonight. But before we get into that, I have to get your thoughts on that USA basketball team because there's been a lot of shit. They lost back-to-back exhibition games. Exhibition games, I know. Relax, relax, relax. 
So losing two back-to-back to teams you should be beating, it's a big deal. What are your thoughts on this USA basketball team before we get into our main event? Everybody needs to chill. Everybody needs to chill. First off, Bradley Beal made a good point. This is what these guys do. They Over there, yes, there's the NBL and a couple other leads, but mostly they practice for the Olympics. They practice on the international teams. Overseas basketball is basically international soccer for them. Now, the other part is normally the season is over at this time. Let me tell you something about the NBA players. The Olympics is fun. They want to prove their points. They want to prove how good they are. But also, the NBA is what matters. And the NBA finals are going on right now. You think these guys are focused so much on exhibition games? No, they are watching these guys, the Suns and the Bucks, dominate each other and play back and forth, and it's getting to be a good series. You heard all the chirping. You heard them talking. These guys got together late. They practiced a little bit, and then they went on the court to try it out. We're talking about some of the best players in the NBA on one team, and they're missing Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Devin Booker. When they come back, we're also talking about a different story. But they heard all the chirping. And they said, all right, let's go ahead and show them what we're really about. And then we can get back to watching the NBA Finals. And they routed Argentina, a team that was really good for a while. They routed them 108 to 80. I'm not worried about the USA team. The other good part about it, the fact, the fact that we went out there and lost two of these exhibition teams to teams like Australia and Nigeria, in a way, NBA fandom, you should be proud. Because that means we have made this game global. You would never even think about these teams coming close to these guys 10, 12 years ago. Not even a chance. This game is now global that there are actually players out there. The the Australia team that we lost who had four NBA players on it. The Nigeria team, I think, had two, maybe three. There are players all over the world from the NBA, and these guys are getting better year in and year out. We have grown this game. David Stern, the late David Stern, rest his soul, had a piece to do with that. Adam Silver continues it. And the fact that these personalities are so big, the fact that these personalities stretch continents is a big deal. And it's showing on the Olympic level. We have grown the game of basketball. It is a global game now. And we should be proud that there's actual competition out there. Maybe in a couple of years, we'll actually send all of our best to really make that statement again. I'm about to say, don't we have some guys that are coming that are not there yet that are going to be there at the end, yeah. like that are still playing in the finals? Is that is that true? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. I know for sure. I think those are the only three. Uh, if there's another okay. person, I forget. But I wish there was one more. I wish there was a big man going, not Giannis, because he'd play for Greece, of course. But there, that's one thing I am worried about is the USA's team kind of lacks some size. Like Bam out of bios there. Sure. But I mean, you put Jason Tatum at the four, he's going to hurt some people offensively, but defensively, he could be a little bit of a liability. Uh, and then, I mean, Kevin love, let's be honest, like eh. Kevin love is still better than a lot of people over there, but Kevin loves a long way from being that double, double machine. He once was. I've seen, I've seen his name in the, uh, in the trade rumor mill for the NBA. That's that's another name I've been seeing a lot. And no disrespect also... to Kevin. Sorry about that. No no disrespect no, to Kevin Love, but he is at the point in his career where he's still a good player. He's a veteran. He knows the game, but he's a throw-in player for trades. I mean, like, if you're getting Kevin Love, you're getting somebody else. You know, Kevin Love's not the center of a package anymore. Yeah, but he's had a good he's had a good career. Like, it's just, he's later in his career. Like the disrespect that would be said for Vince Carter at that point in time in his career is the same thought. He's just a, a longtime veteran. So it's, you throw him into some trades, you're getting a good piece that can help your locker room, not hurt you on the floor. That's what Kevin Love is. 
It's okay. Fair. I love it. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. Hey, you ready for your moment? Yeah. You ready no. for your moment? I'm scared. What? Okay. I'm scared. Well, I have something that'll make you feel a little bit more comfortable. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. It's time! And now for your sleeper of the week. <laughs> See, I, I saw you in the studio, like doing, like preparing for that. I was like, "Oh, sleeper watch is coming out, baby. Sleeper watch is coming out. Uh, we have fun here. We have fun here. We have fun here." NBA finals going on right now. Two one Suns lead right now. I'm still believing it's going to be Suns and four. Somehow they're going to find out that the Bucks cheated in Game Three, and they're going to end up giving the Suns the win. And Suns still in four. Either way, series is two one right now. Suns lead. Game four is at. Actually, right now, wow. uh, tip off is happening. Tip off is happening right now in Milwaukee. And that's where I want to start right now, AJ. I want to start yeah. with the Bucks, and I want to start with with the deer district that I've been hearing a lot about. I have been hearing so much about these crazy, crazy Bucks fans and how like they're taking over. And I was I was doing my research, doing my, my notes and stuff like that. And I think I couldn't help but think that. The Buck style of play is like when you tell me about it, it revolves around Giannis. That that would be an obvious statement. The Bucks team really revolves around Giannis. And what type of player is Giannis? He is a dunker. He is a grinder. He is a drive. What what, what was what would you say? You say uh, back him up in the paint and dunk on him, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So that's Quote the style you, of back that ass up and dunk on their head. <laughs> Boom. Just, so that is Giannis. And to me, as a fan, that's one of the things that gets me so hyped. So the, the, the deer district in Milwaukee right now is just buzzing after every shot, after every dunk, after every play, how much of that have you noticed and, and taken into consideration in this, during the series? It's, it's a wonderful thing to see. And, and the deer district is hype and a part of it, there's a lot that comes into being this hype for your team. You get a player like Giannis in a market like Milwaukee. Most fans, if you're not winning, are probably counting down the days until that superstar says they want to go. Think about LeBron in Cleveland a long time ago. Think about Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Things like that nature. But then Giannis said, this is where I want to be last season and re-up for five-year max. Said he was going to bring one to Milwaukee. He was staying. Not only did that hype them up, then he takes his team to the finals. Now you are believing in Giannis. You are seeing this superstar, one of the top three players in the league, more than likely at this point in time. I believe so. And of course, for some people, that can be a recency bias, what's going on. But he's, he's a stud. You can't deny that part of it. In the finals, dominating. Dominating. You have to believe, even though what the Suns are doing, as a fan for the Milwaukee Bucks, being in that Deer District, you believe you have as good a chance as the Phoenix Suns to come out and get this title, your first title since 1971. This is this has been really fulfilling to see. We've talked about the Bucks being here for the last three seasons and just falling short. Now they're here with a little bit of luck on their side. Everyone gets a little lucky to get to a championship run. 
and they did what they're supposed to do in their home in their home court. Game three was all them. And unfortunately, you know what I say, though, game three is the easiest one to win, especially down 2-0 going back home. But they did what they're supposed to do. So right now, the Deer District is pumping. The Milwaukee Bucks are excited. They're riding high. And we're going to have to see if they're going to close out both games on their floor like the Phoenix Suns did. I'm going to be looking up a lot because I don't want to miss a minute of this. Hey, that, that that's perfectly fine. This is technically – we would technically consider this a soft watch along. But – you. Before uh, let, let's get into that real quick, though. I know we're going to we're going to dive into this series. We're going to dive into the series, dive into the game, everything like that. While the game's happening, I don't want anyone to come at you and say, oh, you got to watch some of the game before making your prediction. What is your prediction for tonight? Ooh. Also, fans, drop it in the chat. What your prediction is for game four tonight between the Bucks and the Suns before the game takes place. So, uh. I'm pretty, pretty sure that when we started this conversation before the finals that I said it would be Suns and five. I'm pretty sure that's what I said. I, yep. I, I understand and respect six. I'm pretty sure I said five. I don't want to be that guy flip-flopping. So uh, I am actually going to take the Suns tonight again. Uh, I think they win game four. If the six happens, that means the Bucks come back and play really hard on Phoenix, which is possible. Um, so I'm taking the I'm taking the Suns tonight. I, I I never thought the Suns would win game three. I always think the team is the team coming home is going to win game three, especially the way the Suns took the first two games, high energy on their home floor, uh, the rally, the Valley, they were buzzing. You, you use all that effort. Then you have to travel. Then you have to come and play in a hostile environment. It's difficult to do even with the extra day. So you saw them come out. They were flat. They weren't hitting open shots. They weren't rushing for 50, 50 balls. They were letting the loose balls go. Giannis just dominated in the paint. I think for a game four, they get themselves together. They correct what needs to be done and they come out and they play well. I'm taking the Suns tonight 117, 119 to 111. Okay, that's fair. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. I'm really glad you brought up something, though. You were talking about how. The Suns need to fix. The, they're going to correct their wrongs here. And and game three seemed like a very off game for them. And yeah. it seemed like uh, from from what I've seen, from what I've read, from what I've watched, they they pretty much didn't have. There was no Devin Booker. There was no DeAndre Ayton in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, there there wasn't much of CP three in the fourth quarter as well. And Chris Paul after the game was talking about what you brought up with the fact that the Bucks are going to back that ass up and dunk on them. <laughs> and Chris Paul had some words about that style of play. Uh, I don't know. I think we got to go back and look at the film. Obviously, they were home. They were very aggressive. Um, got to the line a lot more than we did, much like game two. You know, so we, uh, we got to try to build a wall somehow, some way. And try to limit, you know, the guys from scoring. So building a wall, and I heard this and I had to pull it and I had to bring it up to you because the building a wall is easier said than done when you're facing Giannis and, and the, and the bucks. I feel like the bucks are, are a team that find ways to break down your wall and score and bunches. And can you explain to me what that wall looks like? And if the Suns can do it, so this build a wall thing works really well on a guy like who we talked about earlier, Ben Simmons. Do you know why? Because he's afraid to shoot. Building a wall, you basically essentially back up and you force 
a guy like Giannis to either take a three-pointer or try to come through every single one of you and dunk the ball, which he can do, by the way. Uh, I don't think it's about Giannis coming down and trying to go over the wall. I think it's about Mike Budenhoser finding ways to open up the wall. You can, you can do it one of two ways. You can make Giannis. You ever seen Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers? Yeah, we got to nerd out real yeah. quick. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like it's like making Giannis uh, the orc <laughs> that had the bomb <laughs> running into the wall and diving and blowing a hole in it. You can do it that way if you'd like. Just have him run full at it. Because <laughs> as you see, he's also not afraid to go to the line, even though they're bugging him. He went 13 yeah. for 17 from the line the other night. I've seen worse. So you can do that. Or if you remember the play, unfortunately, I wish I wish Dreamyard had a fast forward because we can get to it. Uh, the play I had in the tees, Budenhoser draws ways for this wall to open up. So they have these guys kind of if you look at it, sure, you get the little curve around the perimeter. But at the same time, they're backed up just enough for a guy like Giannis to be able to set a screen on the perimeter and then come around and find the open hole. So he knows how to find his openings in these walls. So. When you get Giannis to quote-unquote build a wall, you also have to make sure that he's being either fouled incredibly hard or you have somebody who's able to stop him. And a big key for why it didn't work like that in game three is because DeAndre Ayton got into foul trouble. Now, I'm not saying DeAndre Ayton is the answer to stopping Giannis because, again, I don't think you're stopping Giannis. However, DeAndre Ayton at least has to get the chance to try. He set out most of game three. There was no big man. Without Dario Saric, you can't count on Frank Kaminsky. And Jay Crowder, it can only stop on the perimeter. Once he gets down low, there's no stopping Giannis. That's why he went 13 for 13 in the restricted area down there and is now on his way to back-to-back-to-back 40-point double-doubles, quite possibly. Yeah, and I feel like – and, and again, I'm sorry for the repeat B-roll here, but I'm pulling this up again because I want to talk about this. And you you mentioned it. You talked about the saying the picks that Giannis does. Giannis draws so much attention when he enters that, mm-hmm. even close to that area. Look at this. All Everyone's so focused on him. I, I, I was that, that was Bobby Portis who had that. Yeah. Watch this play, though. Um, Look at this. Yep. But Giannis is just, he is always going to that, the paint. He's always driving. He's always creating that, 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 the attention there. Yep. And I'm like, okay, that, that's how the Bucks win this. Like when I see that, I'm like, oh man, the Suns, the Suns are in trouble because that, that seems like something that's like almost unstoppable because similar to, and I'm, I'll make the comparison for, for my, for myself and for hockey fans, like the Tampa lighting power play. It's like, yeah, you have like or no, don't want to use Tampa because they, they have multiple people. It's like the Washington Capitals power play. There's Alexander Ovechkin on the power play in one set spot that you always have to be aware of. And you almost have to put two guys out there and it basically costs you from everyone else. That's great. That's what happens here. You have to you have to basically put bodies on Giannis to make him irrelevant in the paint, which is easier said than done. And yep. that's how the Bucks win. And that's why when I heard this Chris Paul thing about building a wall up and, and stopping him, I was like, that's tough, man. That's, that's, that's real tough. That's and, real tough. And, and the other thing, too, that's going to make this uh, wall a little bit harder is once you start doing that, these guys are home. And in game three, the, the Bucks found their rhythm. I mean, Drew Holiday had 21 points, uh, nine assists in that game. Pat Connaughton finally started hitting shots. Um, Chris Middleton wasn't something to slump at. So, and, and Bobby Portis, I mean, the, the love that the Deer District is giving Bobby Portis makes it really easy to play better. Um, so if you build this wall, 
and these other guys start hitting, guess what? Well, you kind of have to spread that wall out, and then there's holes in the wall. So this, the build-a-wall, in theory, is great. But if you don't have the correct pieces to do it, if you don't have the correct game plan to do it, you're going to have to abandon it quicker than you want to, and that might actually put you in a hole. Uh, so I, I honestly think the Suns are going to have to do more offensively anyways, and I think they will with DeAndre Aiden if they keep him smart and keep him out of foul trouble and they have that presence because he can play a lot of minutes, and that's going to be a big factor tonight. You're a beautiful man because that's exactly where I was going next. Suns offense. What are the – because, I mean, like I said – Devin Booker, uh, along with DeAndre Ayton, who you were just talking about, Devin Booker didn't really have a good game three either. And, and right. I, I, I saw this stat that Devin Booker has re- has not shot above fifty percent since breaking his nose. It's it's, it's not a, like he's still been de- he's still been good. He's not been yeah. he's not been normal Devin Booker. So what what is the Suns' offense and what does it have to be against this Bucks team to be able to bounce back, take Game Four? take game five to make your prediction come true. I don't think they need to do much different. Uh, for me, it was more about them. They were just missing shots. I mean, and that happens it, again. It's a game three. And I know this sounds like an excuse, but the, the effort and energy in game two, then traveling all the way across the, across the country, being in a hostile environment, the role players don't hit all these shots. And then you lose. Uh, it's a big to lose a Deandre eight and a big part of your offense at that point in time so now you're having to do more things now you're focused on the perimeter because you don't have an inside game and they've got towers in Giannis and Brooke Lopez down there and Bobby Portis down there so now you're on a perimeter game and you're living and dying by the three so if you're not hitting open shots it's going to be hard pressed that's why you lose by 20 you know and and I don't say what you will about Monty Williams sitting down Devin Booker in the fourth quarter I didn't really like it but if you really felt like there wasn't going to make a difference you'd rather have him rest it up I don't think there's been a finals where there wasn't a questionable call by a coach on one side. And that's it that I see for this uh, Suns team so far was sitting Devin Booker in game in game three. But I, I just think they need to keep at it. Let Chris Paul keep running your offense. Keep finding your mid-range spot if you're Devin Booker and you're, and you're uh, Chris Paul. Keep finding Cam Johnson. He needs to be a bigger part of this offense. And hopefully Torrey Craig gets back to himself. He had the little injury in game two that kind of slowed him up. If he gets back to health, full health, that's a different story. You have another guy who can play where Jay Crowder is and help on the defensive end. So they just need to keep at it. They just need to keep at it. I'm not, I'm not overly worried by what I saw from them in game three at home. Where's your away on the road at Bucks home. Where's your confidence in, in the Suns right now? Where's the confidence in your prediction that five, that Suns and five are going to come true. I'm I'm leaning towards it's going six games. I'm leaning towards that. I mean, they looked really good. Uh, tonight will be very telling. Will be very telling. And I know that's an obvious thing to say, but you, you really don't know right after game three. The only thing you would have known is if the Suns came out of one game three that they were going to win the series, right? The fact that the Bucks took game three puts some question marks in your head. I never counted them out, but I, I don't think they're going to get the whole win. Now, I also think it's very important that the Suns win this game because you need to make sure – that we're talking about a game seven, if if necessary, being on your home on your home court. So you win if if the if they win tonight, there's no way, <laughs> you know, the Suns can't win game five. That has to happen. So I, I'm thinking it can go six, but like I believe in them. I believe in my five pick. I really do. I really do. I, I think they I believed in Suns and four, and that didn't work out. I know you did, but we tried to I tell you. Re- 
We tried you did. to tell you. You did. You did. Uh, so something I noticed, though, when I was pulling these highlights, I'm, again, repeating B-roll. Watch, I believe this is DeAndre Ayton just come flying in here. Watch this. Yep. Just comes flying. Like, it just seems like a speed game. And this was from game one when the Suns obviously won and they did good. It seemed like a speed game. In game three, it didn't seem like that. And I want to bring up another uh, another CP3 comment here real quick about the way the Bucks were kind of changing things up on the Suns in game three. Oh, I got to go back and watch it. Me and Jay was just talking about that in the locker room. Um, during the game, there's so much going on. Substitutions and stuff, so I don't, I don't remember much, but that was big for us. And even the second quarter, second quarter, uh, we didn't close that quarter out well, and that's something we've been talking about all playoffs. So especially when we're on the road, you're on the road, you got to manage the game. You got to manage those uh, those end of quarters. Something to me that I, I maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I just don't know a damn thing about basketball, which I also don't know a damn thing about basketball. Uh, <laughs> he was just back. talking about he was talking about the substitutions and 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 those kind of things. Like, is that a speed thing? Is that like the game? Like, because he's like, I don't remember. I, I don't remember much from that game. There was a lot of substitutions. There was a lot happening. Is that normal or is it or is it or the but no. like is that something that the Bucks were doing that were speeding the game up for the, the Suns not to be able to combat with? To me, to me, it goes more again again with uh with uh DeAndre Ayton going out early. If if they still had Dario Saric, I would be singing a completely different tune. With DeAndre Ayton going out early and them attacking the basket with reckless abandon in the in the form of Giannis Antetokounmpo, running the floor that hard and going at the paint all day, it's really hard to to keep up your energy because you're exerting so much trying to keep Giannis outside, which as you have said, easier said than done. And then, and then once that happens, you watch them, you watch Giannis start getting everybody else involved. Drew holiday starts getting everyone else involved. Bobby Portis hitting threes, Brooke Lopez hitting threes, Pat Connaughton finally hitting threes, Chris Middleton doing Batman things, (laughs) (laughs) you know, they, so they were trying to find answers to slow them down. So, you know, there's no rhythm and chemistry between the Suns team because they were missing a huge monumentally huge piece in Deandre Ayton. And the other, the thing that stuck out to me was talking about managing the game. And it makes me almost want to bring my score prediction lower tonight because it really would be in the favor of the Suns to slow this game down. If you can, if you can make this a thing, where this game maybe ends up 110 to 102, that might be better press for you. You know, if you can slow this game down and really manage it from a Chris Paul aspect and only speed it up on your pace when you need it to, when you're on the run, that may be a better a better way to look at this game if I'm a Phoenix Suns fan. So managing the game on the road tonight is, is a good way to really look at it. And yeah, you do have to close those quarters out. But to do that, your role players have to play a very big part. So I'm hoping that Cam Johnson gets off tonight. Maybe Cameron Payne wakes up and plays like he did against the Clippers, and that that would also help, you know? We talked about how complete this Phoenix Suns team is, so the fact that their depth is, isn't really finding it, you're hoping it's not one of those spotlight being too big for them moments because we talked about how hard it's going to be for either of these teams to get – for the Phoenix Suns to get back here next season. The Bucs, as constructed, actually have a pretty pretty solid chance. It's true. It's true. Right. Sun, suns and four. Suns and five. Suns, <laughs> suns, suns, suns and four. Suns and four. All right. Last thing before we round, uh, round out this show and get you to be able to focus in on this game. Give me some. Give me some X factors. You know, I, lo- I love X factors. I love X factors. Give me some. Right. Give me some. 
give me something new on an X factor. So you something new here. And this is all again, rough cut here, folks. This is all rough off the dome here. This is AJ off the something dome. New. Something new and an X factor for fans to like, when we close out of this show and I turn on Bucks Suns game four, what is something I need to be looking out for? What is that X factor? So I'll give you a player and I'll give you a scheme. Uh, the player X factor, I'll say his name again tonight for me, is uh, Tory Craig. Okay. If he is healthy, watch how he plays defense. Watch how they switch him up. Uh, watch who they have him on. Tory Craig is not a big, big guy, but he's long. He's lengthy. And he can play very good side-to-side lateral defense. Okay? So if – hold on. Sorry. This is going to stop me in my tracks. You used to do this. I'm going to be a Vinny and not finish my thought. Connor Farrell says, Vinny, why is my it boy. That's my Why boy. Basketball. That's my what, boy. You want us to talk hockey tonight. I don't think I don't. What's I don't. On in the hockey I don't I'm think he's there. asking why. I don't think he's asking us why we're talking basketball. I think he's asking why does basketball? Why? It, why is basketball a thing? Because long ago, long ago, remember where I came from. I did not like basketball. A lot of hockey fans don't like basketball. Connor is a hockey fan. Connor is one of Connor, Connor is me Connor. months ago. So Connor, I will say this, just tune into more of our basketball content. You will be able to enjoy it. Like I have developed into liking basketball because of it. It, it, it does take some, it does take some growth, but Connor, I don't know if you were in here for the beginning of the show, but AJ had a cool runnings reference. And Connor I loves do. that show, that movie. Yeah, like that's one of favorite. Connor's favorite movies. Well, I would I don't know if I'd say that it was one of his favorite movies, but it is. <laughs> that's hilarious. I yeah, he just hated the players, not the game. <laughs> I hated both, actually. No, hate the player, not the game. It's a play on words. I know. Oh, you no, I get it. that, but, but no, everybody. either you ruin it for either. everybody. You know what? You know what? <laughs> Nuts to you. Oh no, Nuts to you. Oh. Okay. X factor go like, okay. So, okay. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Connor is watching us right now. He is not a basketball fan. If Connor were to turn on this game after our show, obviously, cause you don't want to miss a second of our show. He turns on, what is he looking for? Well, a guy like Connor who doesn't like the game. He honestly, he wants to watch Giannis Antetokounmpo and Devin Booker. You, you want to be in it for the excitement. Because when you're focused on those two players, good things will still come from the other guys surrounding you. But to watch Giannis Antetokounmpo and just marvel at the beast of a man that he is, the way he's a man amongst boys in that paint, we talked about it. Down low, there is no stopping him. Watching him back the ass up and dunk on people <laughs> over the – like, it's it's nuts. Like, when you, when you see a man – one thing I love about basketball is the one-on-one attack game, the mano-a-mano about it. You know, in hockey, you get that to an aspect, you know, but not so much because it's find the open shot and get a quick one out. As much as that happens in in, in basketball, there's something to be said about it when you watch a KD or a Giannis or a Dame Lillard and the game is on the line and it's, I'm better than the man in front of me right now. Watch me prove that fact. And I thoroughly enjoy that. So watching Giannis show that and keep dominating in the paint, Giannis is back-to-back 40-point double-doubles right now. If he can go for three... He'll be the first player to do it since Jordan. Like, if he can go for four, he'll be the first player with 40 points in four finals games since Jordan. He's a freak of a man, and I mean that in the best possible way. If Devin Booker can get his shot going, 
just the way he does it. Like watching the guy go unconscious, it's it's just uh in in a way, in a way, you kind of have to you kind of had to play the game to understand when you get in that zone and you can just you can don't just do what I do to hit everything. Don't do what I say. Don't 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 do what I say to Dylan. Don't do that. No, nah, but but it's different. Like because like I can it explain is. to you all day, but having ever been there, like where you just you just when everything's going in, like a couple of weeks ago, watching Chris Middleton take a shot over everybody. Oh Lord. Back to back 40 doubles, 40 <laughs> points, 10 rebounds. Ooh, look, you, you got everybody this? trying to dunk on people. Do you get this? Jesus went, Come on, man. Yeah, man, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm dead. <laughs> you could also go, No, man, I'm not dead. <laughs> Kiss my lucky egg. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I, I knew I knew that once you showed me that you were doing that for this show, I was like, Oh, I really hope my boy Connor's watching because he, yeah. lo- dude. Con- the Connor brings up cool writings references all the time. Love the kid. Uh, but love people say they know they can't believe Jamaica. We got our upset team. <laughs> there it is. This guy's a beautiful man. This guy's mm-hmm. a beautiful man. AJ, can you do me a favor? Do you have anything mm-hmm. else you want to talk about with this series that you want that really is on your mind before we close it out? No, nah. no. Nah, I want to just let it play out and hope it, it is. You know. Hope it comes to my fruition. It's. It, I, I will say this: look, if you're watching the first half, look at that as a tone setter. Don't look at that as the answer. You may see a team up by 15 or 17 points going into the second half. Anything can happen. That don't mean a damn thing, man. I've yep. seen teams come back from 17 in the fourth quarter. Cam Johnson hitting shots. That needs to happen. That needs to happen. Yep. It needs to happen. It's gonna be a good game. Damn. It is. It's gonna be a great game. Great series. We'll talk about more uh, on that tomorrow. We'll, co- we'll, we'll we'll discuss tomorrow. We'll discuss what happened and everything tomorrow. But for now, AJ, in your cool runnings voice, please tell our beautiful listeners where they can follow us at. Love people, say you follow the Rough Cut at Twitter, Rough Cut underscore sports. Then you go to Facebook, you look for Rough Cut Sports. You hit the like, the follow, one okay. You go to IG, the Rough Cut Sports cast. You know the graphics, they go so fast. On the YouTube, the Rough Cut Sports cast. We got the content. We're going over there last. <laughs> Hit, <the subscribe. laughs> Hit that bell. <laughs> Notifications for more of the dumb shit like this that we do. Well, it's great. Hey, you can never say the Rough Cut don't have fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look here, your big bubble head. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was fantastic. Fantastic. I have not we appreciate- heard someone say bars in so long. <laughs> I had a roommate who said that every 30 seconds. Bars. <laughs> Welcome. It would be like, hey, good morning, man. How you doing? Bars. Dude, you should probably chill. <laughs> you should probably chill on the bars, bro. <laughs> you don't got to do them every night. Every night. Every <laughs> night. That's it, though. Tomorrow, we'll be back again, 8.30 p.m. live Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, and the Twitter. Yeah, talking about whatever we want. Talking about whatever we want. We might be talking football tomorrow. We might be talking football tomorrow. That might be a thing. We might be talking football tomorrow. Should we talk football tomorrow? We'll see. Actually, fans, you tell us. Should we be talking about football tomorrow? Football, 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 football. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's what calling Laura Panetta. There it is. There it is. Do not miss the football episode <laughs> when it when it happens. When it happens, if it happens tomorrow. But you know what's going to happen next week, though, AJ. Next week, we released our graphic for it. I'm not going to pull. I'm not going. I don't think I'm going to be able to pull it up in time. But next week, next Thursday, our 100th episode is dropping on Thursday, 8.30 p.m. live Eastern, Facebook, YouTube, Twisvia. We are having a special flashback episode for that, okay? We want to know. Yeah, we want to know you, you beautiful people at home, your favorite moments from episodes 99 to episode one, okay? We want to know what your favorite parts of the Rough Cut experience has been. You let us know. We're going to have a top, a Rough Cut top 10. There it is. Look at that beautiful graphic there. Yeah. Look at that beautiful 100. Never looks so good. Next week, Thursday, 8.30 p.m., we're going to be traveling back in time and looking back at the top 10 rough cut moments of all time. And we need your help to compile that list. Let us know what you think is the best rough cut moment of all time. Uh, yeah. 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 True. Yes. True chains. True chains. Yeah, no, that's a thing. Yeah, that 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 really is a thing. But AJ, do you have any last words? Shout out to my wonderful roommate, my boy, Stu Weed Innocent. It is his birthday. Happy birthday to my guy. Uh, we're gonna hang out and do some cool things. And then I wanted to say. What you talking about, bro? What's Are wrong? Are you shitting me what's right now? Up? What is this guy? Are you shitting what me up? right now? What up? Yo, I got home. What's you, what you doing? Jeff cut in the building. Don't nobody care about your homework. You don't even do your quizzes. I don't do any of my oh, homework. I'm a shitty student. You know what? Oh, you know, let's take this time to pull the curtain real back. All the way back to where I kicked <laughs> your ass out of I the studio. Myself. I could add myself. Since... since since you're at the end of the show, and you know my audio is not going to be great right now, so AJ, I apologize in advance. What an asshole! Um, I needed some help on some homework, and I text Vinny, and I'm gonna let the Rough Cut fans know what's going on. Oh I text God, Vinny, hey, you man, are put me on blast though. I, I really need some help on this, and Vinny goes, "Oh yeah, I got you, bro." And then when we come down to to actually sit down and get some help, he goes into his assignments. <laughs> yeah. The dumbass didn't do it. He didn't even know what he was doing. He was going to help me <laughs> with nothing. He didn't do the assignment. So uh, so I'm a little disappointed in my best friend, but he's still my best friend. So uh, I also wanted to say, AJ, I, I could, I had to, man. I, I didn't want to wait until I was on the show again. Ben Simmons for Draymond Green? Get the, f- get out of here. <laughs> They're getting a worse version of Ben Simmons. That's terrible. The Sixers oh, would be oh, getting a worse version a worse of Ben version? Simmons. Yes. How? How? Draymond Green is not as good as How? Ben Simmons. Excuse me? What? What is Ben Simmons? Okay, first off. Yeah, you should you think clearly, about this. You clearly, you clearly didn't make it work with Ben Simmons. And if you are citing the fact that he's not there mentally, he can't get there. Ben Simmons and Draymond Green, you look at their stats. They do about the same damn thing. The difference is Ben Simmons, ben, uh, uh, someone who passes the ball, who plays defense, and doesn't shoot. The difference is, the difference is Draymond Green. What? 
Ben Simmons puts the ball in the bucket. Does he? he can because if I recall correctly, he took three shots in seven games in the fourth quarter. So can if I ask you a question? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. What does Draymond Green average hold on, per game? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If that's Grover, what you are Grover, stating, Grover, Grover. If that's <laughs> what you're stating about that Ben Simmons wasn't going to put. So you're, you're getting the same thing at the very least. If you're worried about these points, cool. I'd rather have those points not be there and have a leader in my, in my veteran, in a veteran like Jamon Green, who's still going to be able to run my offense, who's still going to be able to find assists, who's not afraid to shoot or take the ball to the basket. It, I, again, it's, like it's I said, an irrelevant trade. It's an irrelevant trade for the Sixers. You get the same exact similar type player. It's not a with straight less up trade. Scoring. It's not a straight up trade. You said you, you, the number seven pick and Draymond Green. And maybe like a Damian Lee or another type of guard player. Those people yeah. are irrelevant. Those people are irrelevant. They're not irrelevant. They're What's young. Gonna, they can turn out to be very good. Who's still going to score the ball for the Sixers after Joel Embiid? Uh, who's going to score? Let's see. Matisse Tybal can score. Tobias what? Harris can score. All the guys that didn't step up when they needed him to when Ben Simmons was there? Uh, well, that's when you're a, running, but that's the thing. When you're supposed to be running your offense through a guy who can't help you run the offense, it's harder to get a rhythm. If you, Why do you think Matisse Thibel couldn't hit the dunk when Ben Simmons gave it up? Because Ben Simmons was supposed to dunk the ball. He, he put Thibel in a worse situation. That's, that's the worst excuse I've ever heard. What I agree with you that Ben Simmons needs to get dealt. I agree with you. And I also agree with you that the whole James Wiseman and this and that, like I'm, I'm cool off that as well. But there is no point for Philadelphia to trade Ben Simmons for Draymond Green. Hey, Draymond Green is the most overhyped. Draymond Green is the most overhyped max player on the planet. He fits perfectly in Golden State because he has the two greatest shooters of all time on his team, and that's Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. You put Draymond Green on any other team, he's a mid-tier player, and he is not Ben I Simmons. I disagree. Sorry. This would be like this would be like when uh, Detroit traded traded uh, Dennis Rodman to the Bulls. This, this is what this would be like, except Philly's not the Bulls. <laughs> He'd be traded from the Bulls, basically. Because even, even if – the best part about this is you're not looking – I think the issue was you were expecting Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to exist together running your offense through those two. You bring in Draymond Green, you're expecting to get defense. You're expecting to get a guy who can facilitate. You're expecting to get a leadership, a mentality. That's what you're getting out of it. You're not looking to get this guy who's coming in to drop 30 and 40. Now you're also getting the you now you're also getting the number seven overall pick. And I'll tell you, I haven't done enough of my releasing of the draft. I need to get on that for sure. But I I know for a fact the top 10 to 15 in this draft is really deep. So whoever you're getting at seven can help can help you immediately. I I, I, I believe that as a fact. This is a Joel Embiid team, and Draymond Green is going to occupy the same space that Joel Embiid does, which is the same problem they had with Ben Simmons. They both occupy the no, paint. He's not. That's no, he's not. That's the only place they can score No, from. he's not. Draymond does not occupy the paint. Draymond Green. Offensive. No, no, Draymond. no, no, no. You're not. Offensively, the only place Draymond Green can score from is the same place that Ben Simmons score from, and that's in the paint. So you'd have two options. Either they're occupying the same space to score, or you have Joel Embiid trying to shoot threes, which we, everybody got on him for, for trying to do. Who got on so, Joel Embiid for shooting threes? If they did, they're he dumb. Shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. He can shoot. 
Joel it's, Embiid can shoot the ball. Oh Joel Embiid is not Giannis Antetokounmpo, who has to be in the paint dominating all day. Joel Embiid is, is, Joel, Embiid, Embiid, is Joel Embiid a better, more effective player for the Philadelphia 76ers he, when he's on the perimeter or when he's in the paint dominating? Joel Embiid is a better player for the 76ers when he can play his entire game. Joel Embiid can shoot threes. Joel Embiid can space the floor. You can use that to your advantage. And to go back this to the team. This is why the don't win. They're listening to you. The, the this is why they don't Draymond, win. No, they don't win because Ben Simmons won't shoot the damn ball at all. At all. This, he won't shoot the damn ball at all. Neither does Draymond Green. Draymond it's the same Green, But Draymond Green will. There is a difference. Draymond he Green. Can. Yes, he can. Bro, he doesn't shoot like he used to. He doesn't shoot as much as he was when they were winning 73 games. But hey, if you watch you're looking Draymond up Green, stop. Look up Draymond Green's three-point percentage. It's not uh, high because he doesn't have to. Like you said, he about has Giannis so many Pike. people. What? It's about Giannis. Like, that's my point. It's like Giannis. What am I looking at? It's, it's, it's the same thing. It's, he's shooting probably high 20%, 29 30%. But we're it's not terrible. ask we are not I'm not asking Draymond Green just like I wasn't asking Ben Simmons to stay out and shoot threes all day. What I'm saying about Draymond Green is when he'll take those shots wide open too, he'll hit a few of them. Three Question. three Does Draymond, Draymond Green them- Draymond Green occupies the perimeter more than he occupies the paint cuz he facilitates on that offense. He, well, he that's what ben Simmons does. I mean when Ben Simmons goes to score, he occupies the paint. I'm talking about when they would go to score. Ben Simmons occupies the perimeter, too. He's a great passer and an excellent defender, just like Draymond Green. The difference is when he scores, he occupies the paint, which forces Joel Embiid to be out of the paint. That's what I'm saying. That's why those two don't coexist. You can't have Joel Embiid with another guy that's not a shooter. So if you want to – this is the perfect trade, and I'm going to tell you this right now. Perfect trade. Send Ben Simmons to Portland and not for Damian Lillard. Send it for C.J. McCollum and draft pick. I've heard You get a shooter on the outside, and C.J. McCollum can go back to his normal – Real position, which is more of a facilitating type scoring guard. And he can pass. It's perfect. And I get Draymond Green is a great leader and brings all these intangibles. And guess what? You put him on any team that doesn't have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and watch what happens to Draymond Green. But you're acting like Draymond Green is supposed to go to another team and be their number one guy. That is not what he's coming in to do. All of this. Does Draymond Green make Philadelphia the number one seed? Do they go back-to-back number one seed? I think they Are would. Are they a finals contender with Jamon Green instead of I think of they would. Ben I mean, they're going to need more pieces for sure. They're going to need more pieces for sure. Absolutely. You are you – are, what are you losing in Draymond Green that you had with Ben Simmons? What are you losing? Talent. Incorrect. Talent. You should be ashamed. Wait, wait. Talent? Are you telling me Draymond Green talent. is more talented than Ben Simmons? I'm telling you he's talented enough. No, no, no. So are you talent? The difference is Ben Simmons is 24 and there's way more potential. Draymond Green's a little bit older. That is it. You are not losing. You're not losing speed. You're not losing. What did Draymond do? What did Draymond do when he lost Steph Curry? Uh, He taught. He taught all those young kids how to play the game. They were going to win. But I just the same thing. I am out here on the West Coast and watched every Golden State Warriors game last year. He looked absolutely terrible without Steph Curry. He also got hurt. Number one. Number two, I just got done saying Draymond Green is not a number one player. If he has to be the number one guy on this, yeah, they're going to lose. But that's not You're what he's coming in to do. Facilitate to guys that aren't – they're not Steph Curry. They're not Klay Thompson. You're kicking out to Tobias Harris, who's a who's good player. very well. He's not Steph Curry. He's no not Klay Thompson. Steph Curry. Who's Steph- oh, all those numbers – my point is those Draymond numbers that he puts up, they go down. His impact on the game goes down because of that. He plays – with two of the best shooters of all time. Yeah. 
dude, I'm not so saying yes, I'm not saying he that. doesn't reap benefits. And first off, this is more about what Ben Simmons needs than anybody else, anyways. That's what the conversation was. However, I do not believe if you ask me at the very least, uh Philadelphia, if you were to do a one and one switch, forget all the extra. If you were to do a one and one switch, I believe Golden State would be a better team than Philly, but I think Philly's still in the top three. I think Philly's still in the top three. Yeah, because of Joel Embiid. <laughs> Not because of Draymond Green. Joel Embiid is the man there. They have mm. to build around Joel Embiid. What they should be mm. doing for Joel Embiid is bringing, like they do with Giannis, a bunch of shooters around him and then get somebody that can handle the ball. That's it. Shooters and then get a, a point guard that can handle the ball. That's it. They didn't. They, Draymond, they, Draymond Green can handle Vince, the ball. No, Raymond Green is it he don't dribble very well. He's a turnover machine, but yes, he is a really good facilitator. I'm not trying to knock Draymond Green. Too late. But we have to stop with this Draymond Green as a point guard type can I run didn't a team. Say all that. He's not. He's <laughs> not. That's not he can facilitate your offense. He can facilitate your offense. And, yeah, and but that, I don't want him dribbling the ball up the court every time. He's, he's, how many turnovers I've watched that man do in crunch time? You know, no, I've seen him push the pace and get an easy an easy bucket as well. No he's, way, no how. You're sleeping on way too much. You're sleeping on way too much. You're sleeping. I love you, Vinny. You're sleeping on way too much. Oh, hey, Vinny, I forgot you were here. I was doing my I homework. He was doing. I was doing my homework. <laughs> yeah, <I was> doing <laughs> my homework. Swear to God. Swear to God. Um, I, I'm telling you right now. I, I honestly, I wish that trade would happen, but I know it's never going to happen. <laughs> it won't. It, it won't. Really it won't. And like, and like I started saying, like I, I, I thought it was asinine when I read the title, but as he started talking about it, I could see where it makes sense. I really do like the CJ McCollum trade. I really do because I also think Portland needs a new start. But yeah, everyone, everyone's talking about CJ for Ben Simmons. I'm not coming on here and word vomiting the same shit everyone else said. I'm coming with the wildness. Because it makes sense. No, that's boring. You can go <laughs> hear that sense. from other people. Come hear some new shit on the rough cut. <laughs> and Dante, don't don't get it twisted, bro. I see all your comments. We yeah, ain't listening to you, right. Mr. UFC. He's Mr. UFC, right. you stay on the UFC train. Comments. When you're ready to talk hoop for real, I'll let you know. He, hey, you let me know, Dante. We'll bring you on for a hoop talk for sure. Absolutely. I talk hoops with him all the time. All the time. He knows it's all good. I, I just I did I knew Vinny wasn't gonna put up no fight with that, so I had Good to come in. It's okay. Shit. I'll take the fight all day. Love I mean, it. Vinny's still thinking sons in four, so you know how we did. Sons still yeah. in four. Answer this question so I can play this goddamn video and leave. <laughs> no. Okay. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. You should not okay. jump on the Philly Bay away. Dante said my basketball knowledge is exponential. <laughs> you already get cut off for that. You lost. Unbelievable. Self promoter, my basketball knowledge is exponential. <laughs> so, go ahead, Vinny. Aaron, stay on this because uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna do something here uh, that we have. We talked about our 100th show coming up, and before you rudely interrupted, uh, we were plugging it and talking about how the fans should go back and and, and consider our, their favorite moments of the show. And if you go on YouTube, you can find a lot of great moments from the show, including Ooh. our very first YouTube video that is on there. And maybe wow. this might not, this might not be a favorite moment to fans because they don't. You guys might not understand the the terribleness of what you're about to witness. But here you go. <laughs> Where we were back in the day. I love the logo. Yo, it tripped me out when I saw that the other day. Full sale fantasy live. Presented by your boys at the Rough Cut 
podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook at the Rough Cut Pod. Look how fast that ticker's going. Yeah. For real. Holy crap. AJ, what's up, buddy? Hey, Vinny, you were rough, kid. Last week, I spoke what? that have never been truer. Why is AJ so stiff? Because I was a baby so in the game. We were such a baby, a baby in the game. game. I have to do this week after a horrendous showing across all of my leagues. I got my Good Vibes t-shirt on today. Everything's going to play out right. You didn't have any Good Vibes last week when I uh, when I dominated last week against it, you. It, it, it's... Let's uh, let, let, real quick though. Let's hop. Let's hop in the time. Wow. The time machine. Yeah. The time machine. <laughs> I had to stop what, there. What a, stop what it there. A, what? What a, a. I will say this for for all the fans that are watching. I don't think you like when you go back and you watch those first episodes. Like, just look at the progress that was made. Not only of the graphics of the the show setup, the producing our performances, what we talk about, how we deliver information. I'm telling you right now, they did not lie to us in school. Reps, reps, reps will change you. But mad mad respect for those that were there day one watching you guys uh, before I even came on. And then for all of those that have stuck through, just continue because we're only going to get better and better. And uh, I'm looking forward to so much more. Watching that kind of is inspiring to see how much we've grown. And Mm -hmm. uh, I love it. No, we're just going to get better and better. Look this was that. our first. This is our first episode. Look at that! Look at the old on, graphics. Man, look at the box. Those, oh, hey, those thick ass boxes and. Oh. Yo, we were so hyped! Oh my god, I've upgraded studios since then. <laughs> I remember tuning in. I remember tuning into you guys. Like, who are these two weirdos? Yep. And then wait, <laughs> wait. There's more though. There's more. And then here comes this guy. Wait for it. Wait for it. Shout out Halftime Sports Collectibles. Been a sponsor since day one. Day one. Oh, that transition was... uh, You know why that transition? There's a lot of behind-the-scenes reasons why. Yeah. (laughs) If you know the work we put into episode one. Whoa! Mr. Dylan Kearns covering up half of the boxes for (laughs) Vinny and I had no way of putting the Big boxes Dylan in this. Lost some weight. Big Dylan Dylan. lost some weight. Big lost some weight, dude. Yes, you can it. see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cla- that's awesome, man. That's that's dope. It's great. This is great stuff. It's fun. <laughs> I, it, I, it love always, it I love the boxes. It always blows my mind remembering that Dylan's been here since day one. Dylan has been yeah. here since day one ish. Yep. 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 Oh my. Oh my, this is good times. Either way though, next week is our 100th episode and we would love for you guys to be able to just throw in whatever you guys think is your best moments of rough cut. Cause we do this for you guys. We do it for ourselves too. I mean, we have a good time. We want you guys to be a part of it next week. 100th episodes. 101 is Jeopardy, by the way. Be on the lookout for that as well. <laughs> We've been teasing Jeopardy for like 50 episodes. <laughs> we have been teasing Jeopardy for 50 episodes. But I have a feeling, I have a feeling I might have an early number one uh, option for our rough cut rankings. Ooh. And it, it might be a sleeper. And now for your sleeper of the week. Good times. That will forever go down in the history of rough yeah, I, can, I can already say that there's got to be there's two there's two things that definitely have to be on here, your crustaceans 
and your sleeper watch. Those have to be well, on uh, there. I don't care what else depends, happens. Depends that has on to be on there. They'll make their way on the show, but I don't know if they're going to be in the top 10. Yeah. We'll, we'll the see. The fans, the fans will decide. We will come up with the rough cut rankings on the top 10 moments in rough cut history. Tomorrow, we've got another show, 8.30 p.m. live Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, and the Twittersphere. AJ, any last words? Aaron? Appreciate you jumping in to have that wonderful long argument, uh, which ended with you acknowledging how correct I am. Uh, Vinny, <laughs> great job, host of the show, as always, buddy. And yeah, we can just go ahead and then broadcast. Ronnie, what's anything else? And Aaron, I guess now you're a part of this. You are going to be on the final words. Good show, guys. You guys did great. Proud of you. Fantastic. Fantastic. For everyone. Appreciate everybody in the chats. Appreciate everybody in the chat. We do appreciate everybody. We appreciate you guys helping us get to 1,000. Tomorrow we're back again, 8.30. Tune in. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.